Sustainability. It's an easy concept to get behind. Who doesn't want a greener planet? The problem? Living sustainably can be inconvenient. Welcome to the Baylands Podcast, a conversation about the global and local strategies that make zero-carbon living achievable. We'll explore how sustainable living, in the form of intentionally designed communities, can actually enhance lifestyle, making life easier and more meaningful, while at the same time reducing our carbon footprint. If you're living in a place and you see the same people and over and over again, it helps you get to know them a little bit better. It helps you feel a sense of belonging. And so that kind of design principle where you're having shared experiences with people is something that can not only be a matter of convenience, but it can actually be like really good for you mentally and physically. It makes people feel alive. Hi, I'm Linda Grasso. Our guest in this episode is Sunny Caberwald, a serial entrepreneur who is fascinated by how technology can improve the human experience. Sunny has spent the last two years with a team of researchers exploring life skill-based learning for children. That research has culminated with Legends, an AI startup aimed at teaching kids confidence. Sunny is also working on the Baylands, and here we take a deep dive into how he's helping design this sustainable community in ways that will enhance human connection for the thousands of people who will live and work there. Sunny, I want to start by you sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, I am a entrepreneur. I have uh, started a few different companies, and I'm also a dad. So I spend a lot of time thinking about family and my own family and other families, and I'm a community developer. So in all of the communities I've lived in, I'm a natural gatherer of people. What made you interested in learning about how to develop vibrant communities? Yeah, you know, I think communities have always been a really central aspect of my life. I grew up in a really small town in North Carolina that was a community where everyone knew each other. Um, I also am the son of immigrants, and I realized the tight knit nature of an immigrant community. So we didn't. We were able to move outside of our local town and be able to connect with people around the country. And um, when I was in college, I had a lot of formative experiences around community build, building to try to bring different kinds of people together. Um, and ultimately that started the Center for Race Relations at my uh, university. So it's always been like really a big part of who I am and my identity uh, through my most formative years. You are known as the strategist, the designer, and the builder of community at the Baylands, um, this zero-carbon community that's being built in between San Francisco and Silicon Valley. How do you describe your role? Yeah, I think... Um, my role is as a champion of the community point of view. You know, the Baylands has such a such an incredible opportunity, not just as a real estate project, but as a way of thinking about how we live uh, from the ground up. And that's something that's really rare. It's not common to to be able to see that kind of an opportunity. So I love the Bayland has Baylands has a very clear set of values 
around sustainability and convenience. But from to a person on the planning committee um, and at an organizational level, there's also this strong love for communities. The first thing about the Baylands that's interesting to me is that the that the people who are really imagining it have a desire to build with community authentically and honestly. And that's really not that common when you think about um, commercial real estate development. Um, the second opportunity around the Baylands that's compelling is that it's an incredible property. I live in, I live nearby the area. And I think anyone who lives in the Bay Area has always kind of wondered what is that big piece of land between the airport and the city of San Francisco where nothing's ever happened. It's, it's almost like it's a comeback story for nature in this area because it's a piece of land that was thought of as discarded and actually has been rehabilitated and can be uh, a shining example of something that's beautiful and vibrant. Uh, it's almost like a comeback story. So that's really fun. And, um, and of course, its proximity and its, its proximity not just from a physical location, but as a central hub, you know, the Bay Area is, is one of the more diverse places I've ever lived. And I've lived, lived all over the place. Um, you've got not just um, ethnic diversity there, but you've got all kinds of people who, um, who come because the, the Bay Area is a global center of innovation. It's like if you can dream it, you're welcome in the Bay Area. And, and so that's we usually think about in the context of technology. But I love what the Baylands is doing and applying that to a way of living um, and, and development. It's, a, it's an audacious idea that fits right at home in Silicon Valley, which is the birthplace of audacious ideas. <laughs> As you look at designing the community at the Baylands, what would you say are, for example, the three most integral elements of crafting that community? You know, I think it's really important for the community to have um, diversity. And I mean diversity more than the way it's commonly considered in our society today. Really what we're looking for, a good community has diversity of age, you know, you could think about multi-generational living, you know, where people can learn from each other. It has diversity of experiences. So everybody is coming to something with a different problem and it has a diversity of opportunities. Um, that, that alongside of a, uh, diverse perspectives and backgrounds, that's what unlocks, um, the, the magic there. Uh, ultimately diversity is so important when you're trying to solve a problem because you, everybody can bring their unique experience, um, to bear and, and towards it. So they, so we have a unique diverse group of people. And I think it's also important to have shared values, like really good communities have a point of view, um, and they're working towards something. They have common goals. They have common values and Baylands has that built into it with its focus on sustainability um, and future living that's more convenient and also good for the world. It's so interesting because all those those features that you mentioned, uh, diversity uh, in age, experience, race, shared values, 
Uh, that's something that we've gotten so far away from as a society, as we live in our suburban communities or our major metropolitan cities with high rises. Yeah, I think um, the thing is, really, when you think about di- when I think about diversity, you know, I grew up as a sea kid in a pretty small, semi-rural town in North Carolina in the '80s, and um, it was really it was interesting because actually people have much more in common than they think, and they're also way different than they think when they really look at it. So diversity is really like almost a a way of thinking um, that we want to be able to explore. And I think that the Bay area just lends itself to that really, really well because people come there because they're dreamers, you know? And you're talking about more than just sort of bringing them together for communal activities, a meeting or to do a project in a community. You're talking about actually bonding them so that they have meaningful relationships, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, meaningful relationships typically tend to come out of one of two kinds of things. Um, small recurring experiences or shared peak experiences. So, you know, if you think about it on TV, it's like um, you have, or in your own real life, you have the people who you went to school with or your coworkers, or, you know, you have small recurring group experiences, church groups. Um, and at the same time, you can also feel very tightly bonded uh, if you had a really intense peak experience that was either really good or bad, you can feel very close to that person. You know, in 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 this kind of an environment, particularly where something is being built over a long period of time, we have a unique opportunity to not only create a peak experience, but recurring shared experiences that are working towards solving a common problem. You know, and those are the things that you see where... Um, where really strong relationships uh, come to bear. So we're talking about human connection and enhancing yeah. that experience, basically. And it makes me think about the blue zones, you know, these these places around the world where people are living longer than the average lifespan, sometimes by more than a decade. And they're still healthy mentally and physically and leading active lives. I mean, we're sort of seeing the proof in what that can do, because it's not just about diet. They talk about them going out and you know, mingling with all ages, playing bridge on the patio, having dinner at an outdoor cafe where all ages meet. Um, it, it sort of it, it sort of seems like in some ways that's the aspirational aspect of the Baylands. Yeah, you know, I, I thought the Blue Zones research was really um, interesting. And, uh, and I thought that there is, you know, however anyone feels about uh, whether it's perfect or not, uh, I found that there's a, there's a lot of common sense um, consideration and like insights there for us to to glean. So, for instance, um, moving naturally, environments where you're encouraged that are designed for natural movement are are a part of these blue zones. And you know, I think for anyone who isn't familiar with it, the idea is um, studying communities around the world where longevity. Um, is particularly pronounced. So where people typically tend to live into their 90s or even hundreds, they all have a few things in common. People move naturally, so they're not you're not necessarily sitting down all day. Um, it, they're walkable communities, and that's I think one of the things that's been highly considered in the in the design of the Baylands. Um, but they also have more than that. It's not just about exercise, even though blue zones also you know people have 
tend to have more plant-based diets. Um, you know, I don't think the Baylands is trying to tell people what to eat. One of the drivers, though, of Blue Zones is a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, a sense of putting loved ones first and being a part of a right tribe. Those are all like key elements. And that's where you see the idea of community being able to impact not just how you feel, but actually how long you live and the quality of your life. Um, so that's that I think is is a pretty new for communities to be designed with longevity and connection uh, as a central design aspect in construction. Yeah, and speaking of the design aspect of Baylands, and you were talking about movement, I mean, this idea of the 15-minute city concept that you can get to basically all your needs, whether, you know, it's work or play or social or, you know, to go grocery shopping within a 15-minute journey is just super fascinating. Uh, I think, you know, I think it's not just a matter of convenience, although convenience is an incredible outcome that you get when a community is designed that way and when 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 your living environment is designed that way. What it does, though, is it also helps unlock these serendipitous moments, you know, and I think we all, we could talk about design principles, et cetera, but if we just, again, think about common sense, you know, if you're living in a place and you see the same people and over and over again, it helps you get to know them a little bit better. It helps you feel a sense of belonging. And so that kind of design principle where you're having shared experiences with people is something that can not only be a matter of convenience, but it can actually be like really good for you mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, I think about uh, people who are older um, and who are sedentary or not social. And I also think about the other end of the spectrum, young people who are uh, very uh, tech-oriented and all their friends are, quote-unquote, friends or followers on social media. That's their community. And they're working at their desk, not at the office anymore, where they're mingling with people, but behind a computer. Yeah, I think... Um... I, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of debate about you know how it, are online communities good for you or bad for you and I think the answer is you know they're what you make of them you know there are a lot of really incredible stories for how people have been brought together and really found you know their their tribe online but I think everyone can agree that there is some value to being out in nature right and there is value to seeing people um, in real life and so um, what I think the the opportunity again for a place that's centered and anchored around restoring and actually encouraging engagement with the natural world um, and making it a part of your day-to-day life so you don't have to go 30 minutes out to go for a hike you could go walking down the street and get to a park Um, that's something that is is going to be resonant with I mean at least the statistics today say that like it's something that it's not just the domain of what people want as they get older. Um, increasingly, younger tech workers want that too. I mean, m- more and more people they want to be in, they want to have access to an office, but people want to be outside when they work. And um, you know, being able to design a community for a new uh, remote work world while still offering proximity convenience is a really compelling concept that I think there there are not many places that have that opportunity. You talked about the design of the Baylands being authentic and honest 
And I'm going to throw another word in there that uh, another uh, seems like a goal or something that's aspirational in your design. It would seem to me that it would be important for it to feel organic and not sort of part of some construct. How do, how do you go about doing that? Well, listen, there's no, there's no, there is, there's no shortcut to authenticity besides starting with authenticity. Uh, honestly, I just, I don't think there is anything to it besides that. Um, and, and that's why I personally uh, am involved in this project. It really starts with who are the people that are designing it? And then how do we find more people who also share that commitment? And then you just do it. There is nothing else beyond that. It's not a plan in a deck. It's not uh, built by some agency as a pitch. It is a group of people who want to see the world work a certain way, just doing the work themselves. And that's, that is the whole opportunity, take it or leave it. That's what makes it organic or not. And so that's honestly, I think that's the most exciting opportunity about this place because there's not there are very few there are very few organizations, there are very few developments that are taking that level of authenticity to such a big concept. Hmm. Sunny, what have you done? Um, you know, in all the projects that you've done, you you've been an entrepreneur and everything from uh, having a fashion brand to designing a social club. Um, and you've got this new project now that deals with, with children. Uh, what have you learned about people in terms of what they want? I think that people need other people. They need community. They need that, not just... Um, you know, being around other people isn't just about other people. It's also a reflection of who you are yourself. You know, like I, I remember my grandfather told me, you know, the the best way to be happy is to make somebody else happy, you know? And if somebody holds the door for you, it can make your day. And so we want to have positive interactions with people. And um, right now we don't have it. In my town right now, I am... I am anchoring a community center as a nonprofit just for fun because it's an it's an important thing. I live in a really small town, not too far from the Baylands, um, and people know each other. But it turns out, still, it's still so hard to get to meet new people in your own town, and it's a massive missed opportunity for us, not just as a town but as a society, because there's so many incredible people who are right next door, and when you unlock that, these little tiny moments of serendipity, it's almost like what we're doing is stimulating serendipitous encounters. Um, it makes people feel alive. And that's what I think I've seen in any of these exercises. People want to feel heard. They want to feel seen. And ultimately, they want to be able to be a better version of themselves through these interactions. And I think, you know, projects like the Baylands can, can very much not only create community, but really improve the quality of people's lives through just intention. We've talked about just the human connection element of the Baylands, and it seems like so much of the Baylands revolves around the word connection. I mean, there's connection to the cities, San Francisco and the Silicon Valley, connection to each other, knowing your neighbor. There's also a connection to nature. Um, talk about that a bit. 
I think, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is that a part of communities isn't just the people, it's the trappings of where is it? How does it fit together? How does it, how does that group fit within their cohesive whole, you know, and you can think about it, um, in terms of let's take, let's take a group like uh, a scouting organization or outward bound, right? It's hard to think of that without thinking about its context, right? And its context is the outdoors. The business community is anchored by it where it is in, in business, in a business context. So if one of the key values of the Baylands is sustainability to help create a better world for future generations and our, our own generation and convenience, um, it's natural then that the design of celebrating nature, integrated it, integrating it into ex the experience of the residents and visitors is critical. Yeah, I understand there are going to be 140 acres of parks and open green spaces. Yeah, I mean, well, you don't see it in suburbia and you certainly don't see it in urban environments. So a lot of times you're forced to make really difficult trade-offs. So if you're, if you love the great outdoors, you have to live near a large, you know, regional or national park, which people do, but then you have a trade-off against convenience. Um, and it's not just convenience to work. Oftentimes people don't do it because they're like, who would I hang out with? Who, you know, mm -hmm. how will I meet people? And so this triangulation between sustainability, convenience, and community is a really unique thing that, I, I, again, I think is um, not very common. Um, on, one, on one hand, it's not that uncommon for people to start with that intention. And the second thing is, even if you did have that intention as a development, um, you would actually need a parcel of land where there are things like there's a, in, there's a local uh, species of butterfly specific to that actual piece of land, which is, uh, and you can go on a mountain hike within five minutes, but you can also look out on the Pacific ocean and you can also be 15 minutes from San Francisco and take a train and not need a car. Staying on that theme of connection, there's also a connection to transit. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, convenience in a lot of ways is, you know, I, I have a friend who's who just no one wants to go and try to find parking somewhere. And if parking is, you know, not just a challenge from, from a inconvenience standpoint, it's also, you know, if you think about sustainability, you're looking for ways that you can mitigate your usage of, um, vehicles. So having access to easy and quick transit, like electrified trains that are every 15 minutes and every, in both directions, um, is a pretty powerful thing. And then, you know, obviously there's not just taking th those types of trains, you know, really being able to get around your town with easy access of scooters and ride shares and car shares when you need it, um, is another thing that I've been really impressed by the thinking it's, it's, um, it's on the edge because we haven't experienced it, but that feels very much of the times for a Silicon Valley dreaming ambition company. So the Baylands is going to be a combination of commercial and residential, um, and they're going to coexist together and they're going to grow together. And it's going to happen over time. So as a community begins to grow, it's going to go north to south. It's going to start with residential and then move into commercial building. How will you foster community at the Baylands in the earlier stages of development? I think the right way 
to foster community is to start with people who have those shared values. You know, I think one of the opportunities that we have is to say, this is who this is for. If you care about sustainability and if you really do value nature and if you're really interested in like how, you know, you don't have to be someone who goes on, you know, 20 mile hikes or 40 mile bike rides to be somebody who appreciates nature and loves the idea of having a garden or participating in a community garden, you know? So that's one value that's there. Obviously there convenience is a value that virtually everyone loves, but convenience, um, comes in two factors with thoughtful design or, how do we take as many shortcuts as possible towards an end goal? And and I think one of the things that's good about this sec, this design is that um, it's really about making it convenient for you to live a whole life, you know, not just about how do you get to work real fast. It's like, oh, here's the grocery store that's local, and and here's retail that's helping my neighbors out. Um, so I think that's really cool, and um, you know, I think that those are the most important parts. Sustainability is the backbone of the Baylands. How does commitment to sustainability foster community building, in your opinion? Good communities have shared visions. You know, I mean, it, I again, just think about any group of people that come together. They come together with some idea in mind, you know? Um, and, and in this case, sustainability... Um, as in it's important to take care of the earth, the place that we live, just like it's important to take care of our bodies and to take care of our homes is a value. And that value can be, you know, as big a part of your life as you want it to be. You know, I think there are always going to be a range of people inside of a community, just like if you're, um, in a book club. Some people are more avid readers than others in the book club, but everybody says, we're going to read this book, right? Th here, give me the opposite example, a fantasy football draft, you know, fantasy football team, a great example of communities, um, that micro communities that exist all across America. You may or may not watch every single game, but you show up because you do care about not only the outcome of what you're doing, but as a way to engage with people around something that you think is fun, and then you grow together, right? Um, so in this, in this example, I think the Baylands has a value of taking care of the earth, and it's built into all of the things, whether, whether you, you don't have to do anything necessarily, just by virtue of living there, you get, you know, a zero carbon footprint, you get the latest state-of-the-art things, and you get opportunities to participate as much as you want um, against the shared values. But what some of the things they will will not do is, I imagine, do things that are actually destructive um, and could have been avoided. And I think that's the thing that people can feel good about because it's a stated value for the place that you live. Just throwing this out there, could someone who is not committed to sustainability, come live at the Baylands, in your opinion? Yeah, I think it's, it's certainly possible. I think if you thought that the idea of sustainability is silly and it's not important, and honestly, it doesn't make sense to do things like recycle or reclaim the earth or, um, or you know, if you don't care about nature, 
I think you would not probably live there because you would be reminded that that is a value for people in the community. I think that's like not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of building community, what about the notion of building something from the ground up, building something greater than yourself? Could that be a component of community building as well? That is the fun of community building. It becomes who you are. It's a sense of your identity. And you get to leave your mark on something that matters. Um, build Being a part of an early community is both a challenge and a gift. It's a challenge because it requires you to do work and, and accept the fact that it's not done yet. The opportunity is you get to leave your mark on that and so in a little bit of a way, your ideas are something that becomes part of the larger whole. Um, and that's where I think a sense of fulfillment and accomplishment can happen and a sense of belonging can happen. Another positive uh, outcome is something that you uh, describe as I, I see a quote here, good communities unlock your potential. You said that. Um, that's another great thing that can happen here. Share a bit about that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we think about, so one of the things I work on, you know, as my professionally is I think a lot about education and, and it's opportunity to unlock. And, um, we see, I think everybody understands that sometimes things feel a little unfair, um, because, you know, not everybody has access to all of these, um, opportunities and you think about you know there are exclusive clubs that people don't get to join and sometimes people really want to go to certain schools because they think those are the networks that unlock your potential right and i think actually there's everybody has all this incredible potential and we just fail to see it as the as a society until people um do something um if we were able to understand that everybody has potential, we could then connect them to other people and we could provide this idea of a network. I think about it as like a network for everyone. Like if a town or an opera, a place like the Baylands really said, hey, what can you contribute? What are you really good at? What are the things that you need? And could encourage those moments of serendipity, it would be like giving everyone a network that you get at a country club, but without all of the hoopla with a far greater degree of diversity and probably tolerability than other opportunities. So it gives us the potential to be better people individually, as well as to have a better society, a more aware, evolving, welcoming um, inclusive society. Yeah, I think one of the things that people tend to um, get hung up on when they think about community design um, is they think about like socioeconomics or they think about like, well, will I get along with this kind of person? Um, and then they fail to forget that like there are things that um, the things that you're going to want to know that you don't know anything about. I don't care how smart you are. You could be the smartest tech CEO, billionaire, and you're going to run into a problem. You're going to get sick or your family's going to get have some issue and you're going to go, but I don't know how to solve that, you know? And there's going to be someone just down the street who's gone through that, who's going to really know a lot about it, you know? And you're going to wish that you knew them and they were right down the street, but you're going to think all the time, I'm not like them. I have nothing in common. And it turns out in a community, that kind of connectivity can 
be extremely powerful if we could, you know, encourage those connections around things that really matter to people. We'll see that we have a lot more in common. And I think that idea of a network for everyone can be built into communities and accelerate our potential. When we speak of the differences between people, you believe that in some instances, the differences between people can be can act as an accelerant. Share a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think about it all the time. Like, I'm not. I just think about it in my own life and and everybody around me. I'm I'm good at some stuff and I'm bad at some stuff. I'm in fact I'm for instance I'm not good at most things. And I think it's okay for people to understand it's it's okay to not be good at most things. You know. In, what's helpful is when you know who is good at those things and then together you can do something that's unique. So for instance, um, in our, in a, an example of a community that we've done that I've been helping foster, everybody comes and they commit with time, treasure, and talent, right? Everybody has different degrees of those things, but everybody has those three things, right? And so you contribute to the community However you can, some people can spend more time and they have certain skills. Some people have less time and they contribute in other ways. Some people have a certain kind of knowledge around, um, how to get a permit around something. Um, and some people have knowledge for how do we install a dishwasher or deal with this issue and all of those things together are needed to create a functioning society. You know, one isn't better than the other. They're all required. And so when we look at it that way, the, you know, divergence of experience is actually how you solve problems. Otherwise you'd be, you know, this is reflected in every kind of group. Just think about a basketball team or the NBA playoffs. You can't have five Steph Curry's. It doesn't make any sense. They don't have five point guards on a team. You have five very different kinds of players that come together as a unit to be able to do something greater than any one of the individuals. It's a principle we all understand implicitly and could be adapted to a community environment. Mm -hmm. You talked about uh, the th what you called the three T's, time, treasure, and talent. Um, it seems like a community like Baylands is not only inviting participation, but it requires it. Would you, would you agree with that? I mean, to be a flourishing, vibrant, growing, uh, healthy place. Sure. I mean, the hardest thing in all of these instances is zero to one, you know, it's a different exercise than going from one to many, you know? Um, so getting, getting this thing going is going to require a commitment to participation. There's no, there's no way around that, you know? And the only way to get people to participate is to both make the participation feel fun and to do it around an outcome that people really want. You know, that's where the articulation of the values is critical. And also it's where we're, I think the goal is to, is to signal to find, it's like finding your tribe. Who are the people that are just willing to try you know, because there is no community unless someone tried for the beginning the first time. doesn't matter what that community was. You have to go, let's get people together. Let's just start. Let's just try a little bit and let's grow from there. I mean, Sunny, will it come down to things that are as simple as uh, community gathering spots and holding classes or lectures? I mean, that's what I think of. We all live in towns. We all live in buildings. We all live in communities already. We all live in, so it's, you know, we 
already are participating in our lives in certain things, right? But if you want it to be vibrant, it's a, it's contingent upon you to make it that way, right? Which means you need to, a lot of times these things get stuck because we're like, people are like, well, where would we meet? What would we meet about? How would we get the support, you know, to do this? What's interesting about what the, what uh, Baylands is endeavoring to do is to take out some of those friction points that are, that impede people to go from zero to one. So if we said, we want to go do some gatherings around, um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of organizations and people who, for instance, who want to uh, find space to get people together to talk about sustainability projects. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've talked to the Baylands team and we're like, okay, well, lots of times they don't have any place to meet. You know what? Baylands can solve that problem, right? Here's a place, right? So if you put the time in, in fact, if you can't afford to, sometimes someone else will offer, we can fund that project because we have the shared sense of uh, that's where treasure comes in, you know? And ultimately we're like, someone has to do this work. It can be done. It can be outsourced. Or if it's an enjoyable thing, let's say it's planting a garden, 10 people who want to do that with their families can now bring their families and do that together, you know? So the Baylands has this opportunity to eliminate some of the barriers that are common in developing community, right? In good towns, good spaces, do this to make it easier for people. Sonny, it seems to me that um, when you think about uh, doing these things to foster community development and human connection, it's almost like planting a vegetable garden. You know, you organize the plants in very tidy rows and you fertilize them and you uh, sprinkle down, uh, you, know, you know, stuff to discourage insects to, to come. And, and, and then you put them where you think they're going to flourish. But then there's an organic element. They grow. Um, and sometimes they grow in ways that surprise you. I think even... Uh, even more so, I don't even know that there's like tidy rows. It's more like there's a field that needs to be planted, right? We know we want these plants to flourish, but we're open to how they should, how it should get planted, right? Who wants to help plant some plants and take care of them? Let's just see how this thing goes. Cause all we want to do is, is make this field flourish, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And with the right, people who have the right aligned intentions, that's how that thing gets done. Maybe they decide they're in straight rows. Maybe they're in diagonal rows. Ideally, they're people who have done it before who can help, who have the you know time or the talent to do so. Um, there's some people who can contribute by putting in the effort. And like I said, there's some people who contribute by supporting those efforts, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess as we've been talking, I've been thinking about how almost idyllic and wonderful the Bayland sounds. I, I'm into sustainability. I want a greener planet. And, and, I, and I live that way to some extent. Um, and and having community. You know, I love, it's silly, but I love going to the dry cleaner. The lady's been my dry cleaner for 20 years. We always have a nice chat. You know, I love stuff like that. Um, but that's me. And there's so many other people, though, that that don't value those things. And they don't value all those things I just mentioned because they're not encountering them. So they don't know that value firsthand. A big part of life is about joy and bringing joy to people's lives. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's fashion or a learning program or a social club 
or building a community. Ultimately, when you can enrich people's lives, um, you will help them understand these other points. But it, no one wants to just be told this is what the right thing to do is. They have to feel why it's the right thing to do. You know, So ultimately, this effort is successful where we're not only doing it because of a shared set of values, but we're doing it with joy. You know, And we're doing it because we not only want the outcome, but we also enjoy the process. And I think that's the secret key. You know, it's like um, everybody wants to be healthy. And so they want the outcome of what it would take to go to the gym. The people who actually are successful are the ones who actually enjoy it. You know, they say like you, you, um, you don't really rise to your goals. You fall to your habits. You know, if you have fun by saying hi to people and getting along with people and being nice to them and understanding that that makes you feel good over time, together with the shared set of values, we might be able to get to the outcome of a sustainable community.